Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about to books. One, two, one, two, three, four. to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Sydney McElroy. And I am your other co-host, Justin McElroy. So, Justin. Yes. I understand that for this week's episode, for this very special episode, you decided to research a medical topic. Yes. I told you I would do this. Max Fun Drive is, uh, is here, and I thought as a special treat that i could step out of my typical role as sort of the dumb one to uh show you (laughs) sort of my medical expertise and i can kind of stretch my legs from that perspective and justin was very insistent that he understood how to research a medical medical topic Yes. And that he would do a good job. Um, a great job is what I said. Very I think. thorough. Pretty sure I said great job. And that his lack of any background <laughs> in the medical field would not in any way hinder him from completing this task. Right. Yes. Correct. So, were you, I mean, did, did you do this? Did you? I did. I did. And to say, you know, to say that I have zero medical background is not, is not fair. I watched. Uh, every episode of Scrubs, and I've watched. I watched most of House, and so I have a little bit of medical okay. background. Well, I mean, clearly, we all know that that's. I mean, medical TV shows hardly qualify as like, a, you know, medical background or like. Well, they qualify like medical in any real way. I mean, they're entertainment. When the topic you decided to talk about is medical TV shows, then they then they qualify very nicely. Thank you. Wait. The research you did was into medical TV shows. Yes, we are. We are gonna explore. The, here's how. Here's how rich of a vein this was. You know how sometimes you rush through like whatever syphilis or uh, another medical disorder in like I, one. I rush through in one episode. I actually am. Uh, I am. This is a two parter. I don't know what I'll do the second part, but I feel like. Uh, the the proper history of medical television should be split up into pre ER and post ER. So that that is sort of what I have done here. So the medical topic you've done is television. Is television. Correct. That's correct. Now, Sydney, here's <sighs> here's the way I'm thinking that we can work this. I'm going to tell you about some of the landmark medical TV shows, and you can kind of tell me how closely that sort of feels to your day-to-day. Okay. Does that sound good? I, I have an inkling the how very this is going first, to go. Uh, the very first um, medical uh, television show was called City Hospital. Uh, it was 
not very focused on procedures. It was more about the lives of the people uh, in the hospital. When was this now? 1953. Oh, my gosh. I know. Uh, so the, the, uh, the city hospital was sort of the staging for drama. Here's a notable thing about City Hospital. During rehearsal uh, in uh, 1953, a man ran into the studio, shattered a pitcher over the head of one of the actors, and stabbed a camera operator. And that caused the cancellation of the episode that was supposed to be on that night. But they were fine. They were fine. Because they were in a, a city Fake. hospital. Oh, great. Um, after that was a show called The Doctors, which was another sort of, it was sort of an anthology a series also in 53. Then in 54, 56, um, we really have the first show that focuses on medical procedures, okay? Okay. It's uh, called Medic, and it ran for two years in 54 and 56. They, uh, uh, the the episodes were narrated by Richard Boone, who was playing a guy named Dr. Conrad Steiner. Conrad Steiner. Conrad Steiner. That's a cool doctor. Who sometimes uh, appeared in the stories. I also see here that Conrad is spelled with a K. Uh, yeah, Conrad is, is uh, so you know he's working outside the lines. Um, 1961, we have, I think, what you could consider the first sort of like big hit for uh, for medical TV. And this is, an, this is, I think, probably the first name that some people may have actually heard. Uh, is Dr. Kildare. I've heard that heard name. Heard the name. I know nothing. Of, uh, that's it. Kind that's of a, a show. Running, that's all I know. Kind of a long-running character. A series of films uh, based on the life of, uh, based on Dr. Kildare, Kildare, who was played by Richard Chamberlain, who went on to be in the Thornbirds and uh, a few other series. Um, was he dreamy? Is that he his was a, thing? He was a teen heartthrob, actually, okay. at when he was playing uh, Kildare, who was... Uh, working in a fictional large metropolitan hospital while trying to learn his profession. Now, Sydney, <clears throat> was he a resident? He, yeah, he was a resident. Um, when you were a resident, did you have a lot of time to look to uh, focus on your dreaminess? Are you saying I didn't look dreamy? I thought you at always some looked point dreamy. in our I marriage. Just didn't know was there much... some time where you I... thought I looked kind of like no, I dear. was phoning it in? Or? No, dear. I was just curious if there was time when you had to put work into it because it never yeah, seemed like well. to me. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. In residency, when you have when you have pulled a twenty four hour call shift, and then there's always some a extra hours for you to like finish up all your work or do more work or whatever else is required, uh, and you've been there all night sleeping in the hospital. It's weird how gross, and you've been awake a lot of the time, so it's not like that sleep grossness. You know, mm -hmm. when you wake up and you're all like kind of sweaty and yucky from sleep. I don't like know in your brain grossness and like I, I would like I'd wash my face so many times and I felt like it was never not greasy and they described it in a book that I love um, the house of God which is a book about residency they describe it as that they you feel smelly and green after a call shift that's mm -hmm. exactly how you feel so no I didn't feel very heart throbby we got another heart throb uh, here in the form of Ben Casey a lot of good names, don't you think? A lot of great names. What did Ben Casey do? Ben Casey was on from 61 to 66. It starred Vince Edwards as a, a, a medical doctor named Ben Casey, who was a young, intense, but idealistic surgeon at County General Hospital. Isn't that every TV doctor? Yes, but not every TV doctor develops a romantic relationship with uh, a patient who had just emerged from a coma after 13 years, as did uh, Jane Hancock. 
as played by Stella Stevens. Doesn't that happen all the time on soap operas? Yes, but that's what I feel like. But Ben Casey was not a soap opera. It was just Ben Casey doing his thing. Falling in love with patience. Falling in love with patience that just that's came a, out of a coma. That's great though. That's a good look because, like, <laughs> that's like think about all the movies that you can that they miss that you can watch together. You can be an expert on. There's whole swaths of precedents that they can you can catch them up on. For any medical students who are listening, that's an ethical violation. You should not have a romantic relationship with your patient. Eh, there, there's a, there's a question on your boards that I just answered for you. Agree, <laughs> agree to disagree. So, uh, uh, one place where I bet that rule was not held to was the doctors. Not the doctors, the doctors that are on now, but the doctors, the old-timey the doctors, that ran from 63 to 1982. How was that on that long, and I've never heard of it? Well, there were 5,280 episodes produced, which should tell you that it was a uh, it was a soap opera. So, oh, yeah. okay. Um and it ended the year before I was born. It so. ended the year before you were born. Yeah. So yeah, uh, there were uh, the five thousandth episode aired in November nineteen eighty one. So about a year after I was born. So I, I I did not recall this one either. This is not even on my. <laughs> you weren't watching this when you were. No, um, no, like this a... was this was not uh, in my sphere of of awareness. Um, here's one a fact factoid for you about uh-huh. the doctors uh-huh. it was set in hope memorial hospital in the fictional madison that was just located somewhere in new england it featured a young alec baldwin in hey. a recurring role and uh there was a spinoff called the nurses also okay. <laughs> was now this was when he was dreamy and not funny yes this was pre-funny <laughs> during when he was dreamy young Alec Baldwin and, dream- and it seems like a lot of these shows that you're talking about seem to focus a lot more on the doctors and not so much on like the medicine is that fair to say yes I think that that's very fair to say a lot of soap operas um uh which it's nice that people think we lead these exciting romantic lives us doctors that's mm-hmm. that's not really true not we're, we're working all the time we don't have a lot of time for this kind of passion now Sid we come to a real heavy hitter Welcome to the fray. Same year premiere as the Doctors, but still hanging in there. General Hospital. That is crazy. Isn't that wild? General Hospital is the third longest running scripted series currently in production on the planet. That's wild. Uh, The Archers and Coronation Street, both UK shows. Are the longest? Are the That's longest. what I was about to ask yeah. you. What are the longest? Archers and Coronation Street uh, are have been running for longer, but uh, yeah, General Hospital is the third longest running series and the longest currently in production. Uh, it has had sort of a tumultuous uh, uh, up and down, and now I think episodes are just streaming of General Hospital. Like you can just I, get you them. know, I've never watched a single episode. I bet it's pretty hard to like get on board. I would think. I mean, unless you want to, like, be a, a completist and go back to 1963, like, the first episodes. Right. And... Um, <laughs> I wonder if it's, like, comic books. Do I'm going to quit my job and just do that. Just do that. Do they have resets of the universe? Do they, like, do they like re- relaunch the universe at some point? Wipe the continuity? I don't know. Because, I, I mean, I, I used to jump in and out of all my children yeah. when I was younger. And it, I, I found you couldn't do that. Yeah. That if you missed a little bit, you were really lost. Uh, now, the probably the biggest mainstream like crossover for General Hospital, like the thing that uh, if you were to point to something that, that most people would know it for is uh, 
Luke and Laura. Have you ever yeah, heard them? Yeah, I've referenced? heard of Luke and Laura. They're a super couple, which is actually a soap opera terminology. Uh, Luke and Laura are so uh, so like. Um, omnipresent in 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 the uh, sphere of soap operas they're actually just usually abbreviated to l in l uh on soap opera forums because luke and laura is like such a touch what? touchstone o- okay okay wait how many soap opera forums all of are them. you <laughs> all of them sydney do is this what you do no all stone day? unturned pro research courtesy of your husband what? I've- secret gift light under a bushel the whole time who knew he was so thorough and smart we got a winner on our hands, folks. I see. I never quite understood what you do, like as a job sure, on the sure. internet. And you and so, you and Grandpa Dan. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I finally uncovered it. You spend your whole day on soap opera forums. Does your boss know this? No, pff, didn't know anything. Now here's my favorite bit of trivia about General Hospital: uh, the Luke from Luke and Laura fame was played by Anthony Geary, who most of you will remember as Philo, the uh, mad scientist from UHF. Huge departure for Anthony Geary. He was really excited that they didn't want him to play a heightened version of Luke from uh, from General Hospital. Almost didn't take the audition because he'd been uh, shot down so many times. Um, but, uh, yeah, Anthony Geary from uh, General Hospital was uh, Philo in UHF. As, as most of you or as five of you <laughs> will remember. <laughs> okay. All right. There. Um, there were also some cool people on that show sometimes, right? Yeah. Roseanne, I remember when James Franco. James Franco was, was on, on it. There. Elizabeth Taylor was a guest star. Roseanne Barr was a guest star. Um, That's uh, a weird list that how, you just how, <laughs> made. How, let me ask you this, Sydney. How, within the hospital, how, like, soapy does it get? How, how often are there, like, dramas that are playing out before your eyes. Well, I will say this. It's everybody is there a lot. So you kind of have this like concentrated little microcosm and people are sleeping there all the time and like we spend more time at work than home when 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 we're when we are in residency. I think you would attest to that. So it does you are kind of all up in each other's business. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that the kind of plots you see on soap operas are actually happening, but there is a lot of drama just cuz everybody tends to know everything about everybody else and you're you're bored cuz you're there all the time. And so what else do you have to talk about? Gossip. So there is a lot of gossip that goes on, I will say. Uh, another huge touchstone in the medical um, the medical field uh, not the medical field. The medical <laughs> definitely field. not, definitely not <laughs> the medical field. Uh, so, uh, 1969 to 1976 is Marcus Welby, MD. Uh, uh, I don't know why I feel the need to read descriptions of these shows. Like I'm, uh, I don't know, doing the intro to Burke's Law, but like Marcus Welby, MD, starred Robert Young as a family practitioner with a kind bedside manner. James Brolin as the younger doctor he often worked with. Now. Uh, Marcus Welby, MD, had sort of a twist on the regular formula where, like, the old guy is sort of straight-laced uh, and and the young guy comes in with his brash new techniques sure. and, and, and rocks the boat. Uh, but in the world of Marcus Welby, MD, the uh, older guy was sort of, like, off his rocker. He had a boat. He was a widower. He was, like, he had unconventional bedside manner. And James Brolin was sort of more buttoned up. And uh, straight-laced, and, and the two of them sort of clashed. Um, Most of us kindly family practitioners are, are you know, secretly loose cannons, which, I think. Which, well, let me ask you this. What is actually, like, 
would you say that generally speaking, the older doctors, like not older doctors, but non-residents, the attending physicians and 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 up, are hew more closely to like procedure, or would you say it's the younger doctors that are more? No, I think the younger doctors do. I think that once you've been in practice longer, the more experience you have with it, the more comfortable you are. I don't want to say breaking rules because when it comes to like medical, you know, standard of care, we don't we don't break rules. But when it comes to things like bedside manner and the way that you approach different problems, once you've had more experience, I think you do feel comfortable kind of deviating a little bit and being a little looser with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, I'd say that the younger doctors probably just to be on the safe side until they until they kind of get their feet, you know, get now, their now, their sea legs. Now here's an interesting um, here's an interesting uh, 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 fact about Marcus Welby, MD. Uh, twice it ran afoul of uh, gay activists, and and keep in mind this is like early seventies, right? Seventy three they had a, a showed an episode called the other Martin Loring about a middle-aged man who will be advised to resist his homosexual impulses. The oh. uh, the the Gay Activist Alliance started picketing. And then the next year, there was an episode called The Outrage that sparked nationwide demonstrations because the story of a teenage student being sexually assaulted by his male teacher conflated homosexuality with pedophilia. Oh, That's Marcus Welby, MD. Now, here is this is really interesting, right? So this sparked protests. People were... were uh, gay activists and and uh, 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 other groups were were really pissed off about this because it's it that sucks. Uh, seven sponsors refused refused to buy advertising time. Seventeen television network affiliates refused to air the episode, and it's the first uh, known instance of network affiliates refusing to uh, refusing a network episode in response to protest. Wow. Yeah, and, that's and, cool that they did that though. Yeah, it was it was it, it's not and it's like. It's weird. It's like I tend to think of. I think I tend to think of like not just like gay rights, but like the the sort of broader. You know, I feel like that tide has just recently turned. So it's interesting that like that long ago, and that long ago would be listening to 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 gay activists, that's, which is really that's cool because cool. you have to imagine that that was that the their their voice was much quieter at that time, and mm-hmm. so it wasn't like they were responding to pressure from the majority who would stop watching their television shows and you know what i mean yeah. they were responding to the the unrecognized minority at that time yeah, so it's pretty so that's cool. really cool um now uh, now also they could have just been not willing to air it in part because it's about pedophilia and it's a little little hot topic for for them at the yeah time, and maybe. not what i would call fun television not like good time television uh the next show is more is probably more of a historical footnote i just thought the story of this show was so crazy that i had to share it it's called temperatures rising okay it's about um uh james whitmore plays a no-nonsense chief of medicine uh and he was the boss of cleavon little uh, who these are both the actors, of course. Uh, and Cleavon Little was an intern who was raised in, uh, and I'm quoting here, the ghetto, and worked as a bookie at the hospital. Uh, in addition to working as an intern, so like street smart, <laughs> street smart sure. Cleavon Little clashed with the uh, 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 the the upper the upper echelon of of administration. No, no, that happens all the time. That happens all the time. So yeah. I figured. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the crazy thing, and I I love that you could just uh, do this. They they ditched Whitmore after a season. Whitmore left, uh, and they ditched the whole rest of the cast except for Cleavon Little. 
they apparently love that thread. That thread was <laughs> cracking. The rest of the show was not so great. They brought in Paul Lind to uh, replace James Whitmore. Paul Lind, fresh off the failure of the Paul Lind show, uh, uh, was brought in as the new chief of medicine to replace James Whitmore. And they changed the name of it to the new temperatures rising show from temperatures rising to the new temperatures rising show i love that why didn't they why did they put show at the end I, why did they put show at the end why do they have to say like it's i mean clearly it's a show it's You're, a show i know it's a show it didn't last me like another eight episodes yeah uh uh yeah so that's pretty pretty wild temperatures rising um one more biggie before we have to take a break emergency i'm sure you've heard of that one right emergency no it's got an exclamation point. Now I'm emerg- assuming this was about like emergency medicine. Yeah, and and it's kind of cool actually because it's it's not. Um, I, I guess I had always thought of paramedics as like a thing that are. I mean, I've always known paramedics to be a big deal, like to exist, like to exist, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but the creation of paramedics uh, uh, in California, at least, Governor Ronald Reagan at the time signed uh, the Wedsworth Townsend Act which allowed the creation of paramedic units. And it was actually that like thing that kicked off emergency, which is about two specially trained firefighters who formed squad 40, 51 part of a, uh, 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 it, it was part of the field of paramedics, which was like just getting started at this time period. Huh. The Wedsworth Townsend act was 70, I believe. And then emergency started in 72. And the first episode of emergency was actually called the Wedsworth Townsend act, which is, uh, I, I, it actually made me think that like paramedics might be an interesting episode at some point because I kind of thought they were always a thing, but apparently that was that. This is a fairly recent development that is fairly of, recent. of paramedics. So uh, and an actual medical topic. Yeah, which would be a nice change of pace after this one, <laughs> I assume. Um, so they uh, the uh, emergency was co- sort of a medical mix with like action adventure, as you can imagine. You know, mm-hmm. at the time, the idea of paramedics seemed very. I guess romantic. So it wasn't just like showing up at a fat person's house to carve them out. It was like, <laughs> you know, there's a rock slide and like par- paramedics are there to save the day. <laughs> it's an emergency. Uh, but they would do that too. What? I mean, they do that they too. They do that yeah. too. I'm saying it's like not, I think we have probably a more realistic apparent. I listen, don't get me wrong. I think paramedics are crazy and rad. Like, and I know you yeah. have the hugest amount of respect for what Absolutely. paramedics do. Absolutely. Um, but like, I, I just think it's funny that like this new idea we were so smitten with that we just assumed that there are these adventure, these medical adventures waiting in a moment's notice to no. go jump into a burning building. And it is a good, it is a good point to make that um, I've told Justin this before. You know, I I have taken some courses in like wilderness medicine and stuff. So if I were to see a car accident and there was nobody there, I would probably stop and and lend my lend a hand. I think most doctors would, um, most people would, hopefully. Uh, but if the paramedics are already there, they don't need me. Uh, it it may seem like I would have more training because I went to medical school and residency and all that stuff. No, no, in the field in that kind of situation, you want a paramedic calling the shots. You don't want a doctor running around messing with stuff. So just FYI. Spinoffs. Oh, oh, also I should mention in emergency, they pa- almost sort of like a law and order vibe. They passed off to a hospital that had its own recurring staff. So it was like oh, you follow okay. them through. Yeah. Um, uh, emergency was spun off from Adam 12, which itself was spun off from Dragnet, which is kind of a. Um, I watched Dragnet. Yeah, I remember the connected yeah. tissue. Speaking of spinoffs, emergency had a spinoff. 
It was an animated series called Emergency Plus Four, where teens helped out the uh, people from emergency. And that's, that's not a joke. That's, that's totally real. okay. Like we usually do that in you the medical list, field. Enlist teens. Just grab random teenagers and like say, "Hey, put pressure on this. Don't let them bleed to death," and that kind of thing. Like they just they wander around outside the hospital and we grab them whenever we need them. Uh, folks, I wanted to to take a quick break here, Sydney, if I could. Uh, I'll allow it. Thank you. Um, and you know what? I've been talking a lot, but uh, this is our second week of the Max Fun Drive, Sid. And uh, every year, we're part of the Maximum Fun Network, as you know. Every year, uh, we come to you hat in hand and say, if you like the stuff that the network is doing, if you like the stuff Sawbones is doing, um, we would really appreciate it if you could pledge to support us and help keep those shows going. You know, they're not... Uh, free. Uh, our, uh, we have to take time out of working to do them, and, and we have to take time to edit them, and then cost for equipment and hosting and, and all that stuff. And just a, a little bit of cash from you um, can help to keep those shows uh, going. Um, the benefits are, of course, that you keep more uh, shows coming. Uh, we've had such a great uh, response to uh, the 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 drive this year, we actually passed our initial goal. And we have a new goal of four thousand new and upgrading members, um, and if we get that, every show is going to put out uh, two bonus episode, two more bonus episodes uh, throughout the year. So that's pretty exciting. Now, and bo- I'll actually take care of those. I won't, you yeah. know, I won't. Bonus Justin episodes, anymore. you say? Yes, bonus episodes, Sydney. If I pledge just $5 a month to the Max Fund Drive by going to MaximumFund.org forward slash donate, what do I get out of that? What do I get from me? You get all this exclusive bonus content that we've been talking about. Uh, like like what what kind of stuff? What could they expect from Sawbones? There's two bonus episodes from Sawbones. They get last year's and this year's. Do you remember what last year's last was? Last year's we talked about things, medical things that we're doing now that we think in 100 years people will, Sydney and Justin in the future will laugh about. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, in the Great Departure, <laughs> this year we did a. Uh, so, <laughs> we narrated the final episode of Two and a Half Men. Yeah, and you can download that. Terry track. Listen that right watch. along. Listen right along. Yeah, uh, if you're uh, a fan of that show, <laughs> or we, not. We had some people who actually took that trip, took the ride, bought their ticket, took their ride. I think I think people enjoy it. Went on a journey. It's different. So, yeah. It's a departure from our. Typical. If you donate $10 a month, you're going to get that stuff, but you're also going to get a drive-exclusive tote bag. $20 a month, you get the tote bag and the bonus episodes, which the bonus episodes aren't just Sawbones, folks. You get uh, over 50 hours of bonus content, videos, songs. My Brother, My Brother, Me is another show that I want. We've got like seven bonus episodes in there. Um, there, There's a ton of content. Yeah, so there's tons of stuff. Secret stuff. Secrets. At 20 bucks a month, you're going to get a mobile device charger, collapsible water bottle, antibacterial wipes, and uh, little plastic pilot wings, all with the MaxFun logo. It's the in-flight power pack. And if you can pledge $35 a month, you get all of that stuff. The tote bag, the power pack, the bonus content, and you get a pair of rocket engraved shot glasses with MaxFun logo so on So very it. cool. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, uh, we need you to help our network keep going. You are the reason we've been able to grow. You're the reason we're able to do more live shows. You're the reason that we can take time out of out of our week um, and away from our baby. Do you Usually. know how hard that is for me? Do you know me? how hard that is for us? Do you know what a toll that takes on her? You're robbing her childhood years. Uh, <laughs> and you can pay us back for that. Like going to maximum. Not so, that there's any price that would maximumfund.org first slash donate. So, 
<laughs> the address you go to. So go to the address if you can. Uh, sign up, become a member, donate, and if you're already a member, think about upgrading. Why not? Do you like it more? Do you like it more? <laughs> Hopefully. You listen to more shows on the network? At Upgrade. least you don't like it less. You don't like it less. And there's inflation. And think about inflation. <laughs> and we have a baby now, and we did last year. So think about that. Think about that. Okay, so, Sid, uh, one more time, that address. Give it to me. Maximumfun.org forward slash donate. Now, I'm going to take a little break here so you can tell me about MASH, which ran from 1972. MASH is the best television show that's ever been on television. Okay. What else do you want to know? What was it? What was MASH? MASH was a TV series that ran from 1972 till 1983, the year that I was born. So it ended as I began. So I like to think of myself as the spinoff from MASH. (laughs) (laughs) Um, MASH was a wonderful television television show set during the Korean War. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was about a mobile army surgical hospital. So, like, doctors, surgeons on the front lines of the Korean War um, taking care of our fighting men and women. And the best thing about the show is Alan Alda, Hawkeye Pierce, who is a surgeon. But he's, you know, you kind of talked about, like, people who are not status quo, like doctors right. who are kind of against the grain, you know, not not all buttoned up. And he was, I think, probably the epitome of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the show was also kind of politically outspoken. It was it was about taking care of our soldiers, but also it was an anti-war kind of message. I think you could get a lot. It was a, a lot more commentary on Vietnam, although it was not set there. And it's funny and it's moving and it's beautiful. And everybody should watch all of it. And some of it's on MASH now. Uh, now, MASH had a few spinoffs. It had After MASH, which is a pretty good name, honestly. Kind of sounds like name. Aftermath. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good, uh, which did not uh, go very well. It had uh, uh, a pilot, a produced pilot that wasn't picked up by any networks called, you know this? No. Walter. It's about radar. Oh, about radar. Joining a police Little force. Little radar. He was called radar because he could hear the helicopters before anybody else. Okay. When the, when the choppers came in with sure. the patients that they had to take care of. Now, it's the a great most show, guys. successful. Just stop listening to this and watch it now. The most uh, successful spinoff from MASH was Trapper John M.D., which was actually set in the m- more modern era, right? So it was set in, in, the, in 79 when it actually started, which was 28 or 30-some years after the events of MASH. And it starred Pernell Roberts as Trapper John, M.D. Now, Sid, who was Trapper John, M.D.? Trapper John was one of the other surgeons that worked with Hawkeye in the MASH unit. Interesting thing. Another jokester, you know? Another uh, uh, interesting thing about Trapper John, the uh, uh, M.D., the show, uh, the character was played by Pernell Roberts, who actually ended up playing him for, like, six years, seven years, which is about twice as long as the original actor who played Trapper John. Yeah, because Trapper John left and uh, B.J. Honeycutt took his place. Yeah, and now Trapper John actually was in MASH, the movie that it was based, yes. the, the the TV series was based on in addition to the novel, um, and, and Elliot Gould was Trapper John in, in the movie. And I'm just going to say that the movie, this is going to be blasphemy for some people, is not nearly as good as the TV show. So there it is. Oh, Sorry. Bombs. Now, from your favorite car- uh, topic in this episode to my favorite topic in this episode, Saint Elsewhere. I've never watched Saint Elsewhere. Me neither. Don't get me wrong. It was a, um, it was gritty, kind of a black comedy vibe, uh, but but more realistic than a lot of these shows. Um, and and it's sort of inextricably linked with Hill Street Blues, just sort of the cops version 
of Saint Elsewhere. Now, these two shows were important from um, uh, a, a TV perspective because they were the two shows that really integrated the idea of multi-threaded stories. A lot of these mm-hmm. series uh, to this point had been focused on a single thread, you know, and maybe a B story similar to a sitcom sure. where you have a, your A and your B story. Um, Saying Elsewhere and Hill Street Blues uh, had a multi-threaded narrative that sometimes would go over episodes. And they really laid the groundwork for not only medical shows like ER and Chicago Hope, but like you can make the argument that shows like The Sopranos, for example. Uh, most of our modern dramas like would not look the same way they do without uh, Saint Elsewhere uh, hmm. and and Hill Street Blues. That's really interesting. But the most important thing about Hill Street Blues is, or, or Saint Elsewhere rather, don't read ahead, Sydney. You're gonna spoil. Sorry, it. I have been. <laughs> Saint Elsewhere. I'm really excited. Okay, Saint Elsewhere. Because, uh, do you know how St. Elsewhere ended? Uh, you probably would have even if you hadn't read it. Yes, yes. No, I, I've, I've heard of this ending. So the whole the whole show really was something that was imagined by a young man with autism, correct? Correct. It, looking in a snow globe, last episode, turns out the entire thing had been happening in his mind. Or at least that's the impression that you're given. Right, right. But, but Sydney, stop looking at the screen. Look at me. Because I don't want you to read ahead. It's so good. Okay. So Saint uh, uh, Saint Elsewhere had been um, a dream in this child's mind. Right. Fine, big okay. twist, right? But because of this single decision, Saint Elsewhere willed a huge portion of TV history out of existence. How so? Because characters from Saint Elsewhere crossed over onto other series. So. St. Elsewhere, uh, characters from St. Elsewhere appeared on, for example, Homicide. Okay? Okay. So, Homicide, uh, by extension, we must conclude, took place inside a child's dream. Okay. John Munch from Homicide appeared on X-Files, Law & Order, Law & Order SVU. Those are gone. Those are out. Those don't exist anymore in the child's dream. Which is a huge problem because X-Files is coming back. Yes, it's coming back inside a child's dream. Law and Order characters have appeared on Law and Order Criminal Intent. That's gone. Uh, if you want to count cartoons, X-Files characters have been on uh, The Simpsons. So The Simpsons are inside a child's dream. But That's fair. I mean, that's okay. St. Elsewhere characters appeared on Cheers. Cheers, child's dream. Frasier, child's dream. Uh, where where else did those cross over? Uh, Wings, Caroline in the City. Not Caroline in the City. <laughs> you don't care about Caroline in the City, but Caroline in the City once crossed over with Friends. Friends is gone. No. Which crossed over with Mad About You. Mad About You is gone. And that crossed over with Seinfeld and the Dick Van Dyke Show. Gone, gone, gone. They're both gone. And also, St. Elsewhere shares continuity with MASH. No. So MASH after MASH, Trapper John, MD. None of it happened. No. It's all inside a child's dream. Say elsewhere. <laughs> the as as I heard somebody put it, the only thing that has ever actually happened on TV is a child staring into a snow globe. <laughs> Everything else has been his dream. I could go on. Look in look into the to to this theory because it's freaking amazing. It's called the Tommy Westfall universe. That's Westfall P H A L L. The Tommy Westfall universe is a is is a theory that is pretty great. Now, finally, Sid, we're going to... I refuse to accept that. We're going to... MASH is so real to me. We're going to get to what everybody's been waiting for. E slash R. E slash R. E slash R. 
because it's emergency room. Yes, emergency room. So there was a show called ER. Do you know about ER? E slash R. No, this is different. Stop reading ahead. That's not how it works. Well, no, I just realized the year. Stop looking at it. This Sorry. is my note. I don't do this to you. This is how it feels. Look at me. I worked very hard. Stop looking at the screen. E slash R. Nineteen eighty four to eighty five. It was a sitcom that lasted for one year. No, I don't know about it this. It starred uh, Gonchata Farrell from uh, uh, the. Uh, she played a nurse called Thor. And I actually ended up thinking Conchata Farrell's name was Thor for a very long time, including while we were recording our bonus episode, because Conchata Farrell is the maid on Two and a Half Men. Oh, so that's why I thought her name was Thor. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, the other crazy thing is that the show also included uh, George Clooney in the cast. Uh, he was on another show called ER, as was Mary McDonald slash, I mean, more, most notably, President Laura Roslin. Let's give her oh, a little okay. Sarah, okay. Who was also on ER. So that's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah. Um, also, it has a really good theme song sung by Lou Rawls. Very smooth. Very, very enjoyable. ER ran for, uh, it's based on a play of the same name. How would you do a play about an ER? I have no idea. I mean, was it set in an ER? Yeah, how oh, yeah, much yeah, yeah. ER oh, yeah. was? Okay. Elliot Gould that was, would just the, be... was the lead of, of ER. Okay. That would just be really difficult, I think, unless you're going to like. Like, like a lot of special effects. I mean, unless you don't have any patients, unless like nobody's sick, it's just You're doctors just hanging around the nurses' up. station talking, and it's like a Sunday night. Okay, so we got a, we got a few more of these to get through. I know we're running long, but hey, it's a Max Fun Drive episode. Who cares? Uh, nineteen eighty nine to ninety three, Doogie Howser, MD, arguably the most realistic of all the <laughs> doctor well, programs. There uh, have been uh, real life Doogies recently. There's a man from Singapore that uh, really finished in uh by the time he was 18 uh another one for, uh 20 uh year old you trying to blow up my spot yeah i'm trying to blow are up you spot. saying that i didn't finish Some fast enough? real life doogies um so tell me about tell me what you know about doogie hauser that's pretty much the whole thing yeah he was like a like a 16 year old doctor and it most importantly starred and we forget about this sometimes, NPH, in ph patrick harris, patrick harris. Yeah. um uh neil patrick harris uh, that's sort of his first you know, obviously big thing that people knew him for. I would assume. Literally yeah. for like a decade afterwards or so. Right. But it almost didn't happen. He was uh, the first actor that the show staff found that could play uh, a teenage doctor convincingly, but ABC didn't like him and uh, they didn't want him. But Bochco, Stephen Bochco is the creator of the show and like so many others, NYPD Blue, so many others. Um, his contract had a huge penalty that they had to pay, pay if, the seri- if it didn't go to series. So they had to go ahead and like go huh. with Harris, and when they did, there well, was he like, was so right. He was so right. It was a huge reaction because everybody loves NPH and ABC greenlit it because test screenings went so well. Yeah. Uh, here's another one that I don't know if you ever did. You ever watch Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman? You know, I never watched it, but it's ninety three to ninety eight. I was I was once told that I looked like her, that I looked like Doctor Quinn, Medicine. Woman. I can see it. Um, Doctor Quinn was about a uh, rich female physician from Boston. Uh, Michaela Quinn was her name. Most people called her Dr. Mike. She was sent to a a Wild West town of Colorado Springs to start her own practice. She met uh, a guy named Byron Sully, who was a friend to the Cheyenne and a rugged outdoorsman. That's literally what his character description (laughs) says. I don't know. Um, And uh, she had a midwife named Charlotte Cooper. Charlotte got bitten by a rattlesnake and died and left her three kids to be looked after by uh, uh, Dr. Quinn. So it's about her... Her indomitable spirit in Colorado as she settles in Colorado Springs. I feel like this movie or this show would like 
jive with me. Yeah, I think it was one of those. It was a weird uh, one. Weird thing about it is that the uh, the demographics for the show started skewing up and up and up. It turned into sort of like the the uh, uh, Matlock of its time, uh, and they try to make or it murder. She wrote or maybe. murder. She yeah, wrote if you like. Uh, and so they try to make the sixth season of the show darker, but nobody liked it. And it got mm-hmm. There are also a couple of TV movies after that. Uh, Chicago Hope. Did you watch Chicago Hope? Nope. Chicago Hope will probably, in in the annals of history, always be resigned to uh, being an also ran um, because it aired literally the uh, uh, the Sunday before ER started. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. Uh, Chicago Hospital, similar in a lot of ways to ER, had uh, uh, you know the the interweaving lives of the doctors. Uh, uh, on the show, Mandy Patinkin was the lead. He was a hot shot surgeon. Now, if only they could have just taken Mandy Patinkin and put him over on ER so I could keep watching Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Because I do that, love him. That's the only problem. Um, also, uh, so he was a hot shot surgeon with emotional issues because uh, his psych- his wife had a psychiatric condition and uh, made her drown their infant son. So, oh, goodness. I, <laughs> sit down, America. We've got an ER. We got a TV show for you. Yeah. And they both aired competing against each other for a few seasons, Thursday nights at 10. Uh, speaking of ER, oh, oh, uh, one other quick note. Characters from Chicago Hope have appeared on Homicide Life on the Street. So Chicago Hope didn't happen. It was inside... Uh, a child's dream. <laughs> well, that's okay. I never watched it anyway. So, uh, ER uh, ran from 1994 to 2009. And this is not E slash R. This is not E slash R. It's e dot R dot. <laughs> right. Well, or that's a period. I think. Uh, I think that's what we call it in the in, in, <laughs> in the punctuation circles. That's uh, a period. All right. It ran for 15 seasons, 331 episodes. So many. Like it's it's the longest running medical drama in American television history. No question. Uh, had so many like cast turnovers and were there any like constants Sid that that ran through the entire like from the very beginning from the very beginning to the end I mean it almost everybody took like time no, off how, right like no Wiley eventually like, left yeah he? I think because he was there a long time Clooney was there for a while but he left you know, Margulies left, yeah. left uh, Anthony Edwards left yeah um, I don't I don't I think can. anybody from the, yeah, maybe, people came Eric, back later uh, Eric. Um, the guy who did Kung Fu in the end. <laughs> I don't. Maybe he's. I don't he know. Might, he might have made it. Anyway, I don't. Know. I fell off after what a was while. The, what was ER? ER was a show about a bunch of docs and nurses who work in an emergency room. And again, I mean, it's about like the patients they took care of. And I think they always like to. I think ERs are good fodder for television shows because you get the sense that we see lots of crazy stuff in the emergency room. You know, mm-hmm. because people come in in the middle of the night with all kinds of bizarre problems that sometimes they've created for themselves and so it's funny well it's not funny but tv makes it funny um but it was also about like the relationships i think between the the docs and the nurses and romance and drama and all that and people with drug problems and people with alcoholism it seemed the most realistic to me as an outsider but i don't know if i mean i think my main problem with a lot of these shows is that it also shows the doctors as having like tons of free time <laughs> and and they also at work seem to have lots of free time to just stop and have like conversations and fights and go do it in a closet. And there's not time like that at work, especially in an emergency room. You're much too busy to do that kind of thing. Uh, I want to make a quick special mention. Uh, now, I was going to stop there, but... Uh, 
I wanted to talk briefly about Scrubs, which ran from 2001 to 2010, nine seasons. Uh, it, it is, it, it was, uh, if you've never watched it, it starred Zach Braff as, he started out as an intern uh, and then sort of, sort of rose up the ranks. He was an internal medicine Yes, he was in internal medicine. Mm -hmm. Working at Sacred Heart. He had, it was sort of a, I I would say MASH was a fairly close, like, comparison of the blend of, like, drama and comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, uh, but it was a little more, I think it was, it was pretty much more whimsical. It had sort of, like, fantasy cutaways, not like you'd see on um, Family Guy or what have you. Sure. Um, And, uh, but you said, and I thought this was really interesting, you said that um, Scrubs was probably the closest too realistic that was, in your experience. Now, I mean, again, glamorized television, like everybody in the hospital does not look as hot as everybody on Scrubs, that kind of thing. But as far as the lives of the residents, how busy they were, how um, how poor they were <laughs> for a while, like living together and trying to make ends meet. Uh, and then kind of some of the cliches about the different medical specialties and what it's like to be a resident. And they have a lot of like medicine versus surgery kind of battles, that kind of stuff. I I think a lot of that, they had somebody on the advising staff for this show who really knew what they were, really knew what they were talking about, who really knew how to speak doctor resident language. I will say scrubs, like the act, not the TV show, the actual things we wear, the clothing garment scrubs never fit as well as the scrubs do on those characters. They look like they had some tailored scrubs. Yeah, I would, I would give anything to have scrubs that looked like that on me. Um. I thought they always looked like that on you, sweetheart. Thank you, honey. Uh, uh, interesting thing about Scrubs, if you if you bailed, and this actually kind of sucks. Uh, Scrubs had a fantastic series finale that just didn't happen to be the series finale because it was at the end of season eight. Yes, there was a big relaunch actually of Scrubs where they uh, got rid of all the cast except for Zach Braff, his friend Donald Faison. Uh, that was not his 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 name in the show. That's the actor who played it, yeah. and John C. McGinley. Um, who was his sort of hard-nosed uh, boss, uh, Dr. Cox. What was Donald Faison's name? Oh, I'm, I'm blanking. His friend. Turk. Chris yes. Turk. Yes. Uh, sorry. I've watched literally every episode. We need to start I watching know. Scrubs again. That's a problem. We gotta we go back and watch Scrubs. Scrubs again. They relaunched with a, a new class of interns in the ninth uh, season. Um, Zach Braff was in six of the episodes, then he did students. Yeah. And, yeah, this is they were teaching at the medical school and right, they had yeah, students yeah. this time. Which would have been really interesting because uh, you know, and that's a question I have for you, Justin. Why are people so interested in shows about doctors? You think it's medical students where it's at? Well, I think that would have been an interest I mean, who's making a show about medical students? Though they aren't just reading all the time. Well, I mean at first and then they're off wandering around the hospitals. And it's crazy. And they're reading so, in the hospitals. <laughs> no, but why? Why does everybody want to make shows about us? I don't, I don't know. As a general question. Oh, I, about doctors. Um, I think it's because there's uh, so many obvious opportunities for drama. Because I think, it, uh, on the one hand, I think you're playing against the fact that doctors have, uh, and I think this is has shifted, but have classically sort of had a, a very revered place in society and i think that that is always a, a center of captivation for people and i also think that like honestly the for me at least watching how much you know and like and i think the the medical education stuff that we covered last week um there is so much you have to learn that it uh i think it, it is kind of like 
fantastical a little bit. Like it has an air, a, a bit of allure there because you just know so much about a specific topic. Also, a lot of easy opportunities for drama in a hospital. People dying, people having babies, you know, that kind of thing. That's a good point. And I will say, I appreciate all these shows you've mentioned about doctors because I think that they've made us a lot more interesting <laughs> in the, like kind of in the public perception of us than maybe we actually are because i mean that's the thing we really do have to spend a lot of time reading and studying and and working um so so i appreciate shows like scrubs for making us look a lot more fun at some point i we will do the rest of medical tv history there was just too much to talk about because i like tv um before we go though uh one this is our last like push this is our last chance your last chance while you're listening to to this show, to donate to the Max Fund Drive and help support Sawbones, when you pledge uh, uh, an amount per month, thirty uh, percent of that goes to help run uh, the network. It helps to go run Maximum Fun administration. Uh, we have a great team that helps sell ads and 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 helps make sure we actually put out episodes every week. So um, that's where some of that money goes. Seventy percent of that is split up between the shows that you say you listen to. Uh, when you sign up and it goes directly to those shows. You're directly supporting the shows you enjoy. If you like Sawbones, if you say, hey, I like this a lot. I got something out of this. Kick us five bucks a month. You get uh, a ton of exclusive bonus content. There's exclusive episodes of Sawbones as well as all the other Max Fun shows, videos, music. Uh, there's a ton of stuff there uh, that you get for pledging just five bucks a month. What if I want to give more, Sid? Well, if you want to give $10 a month, you get everything we just talked about, all that exclusive bonus content, plus you get an exclusive tote bag for this drive. If you want to give $20 a month, you get, again, all that stuff we talked about, plus the in-flight power pack, which is a mobile device charger, collapsible water bottle, antibacterial wipes, and your very own little pair of pilot wings. And for 35 bucks a month, again, all this stuff we talked about, plus a pair of rocket engraved shot glasses. Uh, the the gifts go up from there. We've got the... Uh, a- at the $100 level uh, per month, we have the Inner Circle, which is a monthly culture club where hosts of uh, Max Fun will send you gifts uh, that they really love. And uh, at $200 a month, you get free registration in Max Fun Con 2016. And those tickets sell out fast. And that is uh, a, a pricey ticket. So that's a big deal. Um, and for $5,000, we'll give you Charlie. You can have our bait. No, no. No, you can't. You can't that's not true. I would never give you Charlie. Are, are you, you crazy? Well, you psychopath. Like, why did you even ask? If you're a current donor and you up your donation level, then you get the gifts we just mentioned. If you're giving us 10 bucks a month right now, you up to 20, you get the in-flight power pack, mm-hmm. the drive exclusive tote bag, and all the bonus content. No no problem. So uh, uh, if, you, if you've added some new shows, you're maybe in a better financial situation, whatever, you can afford to kick in a bit more. We sure appreciate it. And it really, it really does help us a lot. I mean, it, it helps uh, to we're, – we're, we're, everybody's super busy. We're raising an infant, and it is a lot easier to justify taking a, a couple hours out of our week to make this show knowing that we're actually helping uh- – a few hours future exactly and a few hours away from my exciting life at the hospital where i am just having crazy romantic relationships with all the other hot doctors yeah that that's that's real that's definitely what we do thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song medicines thanks to you for listening We'll be with you next. Well, well let's just start calling it Wednesday. I think every, that feels good to everybody. Wednesday slash Wednesday. And we'll be with you it next Wednesday. It depends on how well Charlie sleeps at night, really. Uh, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head. Oh, I almost forgot. 
MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Now don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.